Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. My name is Connor Graham, and I will be one of your hosts today. Joining me in our brand new podcast studio, I have everybody's favorite, Whitney Best. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And joining us today, we actually have Whitney's husband, Conrad Best. Thank you. Thank you. Conrad, say hello to the people. <laughs> people, hello. I'm so happy you're here today. I love to be here, Connor. I love what you've done with the place. Hey, I've worked really hard. <laughs> you know, you you have <laughs> from rags to riches, <laughs> from absolute rags to riches. Well, guys, we're still in our summer of podcasting, which means we've kind of been going every other week just to breathe a little bit. Um, Got a lot of stuff going on at the church. Got a lot of stuff going on in young adults. We've got some interns that are going to be starting in two weeks. Let's go. Two weeks. And so if you did not apply to be an intern, that's on you. Better luck next year. Better luck next (laughs) year. Um, But, no, we've got an amazing class. Um, My wife's been working super hard to get things ready. We've been trying to get our office in order to have interns. Um, (laughs) It's been looking a little hoarder-ish up here in the old Lakewood YA offices. But hey, we're ready to rock and roll. We're getting close. Um, So over the past uh, couple weeks, we've been doing some interviews, some one-offs. We're actually going to jump into a series. Um, We're still going to be going the other every other week format, um, but we're going to kind of be talking about work, work and jobs, because, Mm -hmm. well, all of us work. (laughs) And so to kick it off, uh, I want to throw out this question. What is the worst job you guys have ever had or ever worked? Mm. Like your least favorite. Doesn't even yes. have to be the job of its itself sucked. It just like was not for you. <laughs> go ahead. You want me to go ahead? <laughs> yeah. The see, I don't do favorites or worse. It just is so narrow minded, you know? Okay. okay. That's the worst thing about you. <laughs> it is. That might be the worst. Um, okay. There's two. I was, I worked like as a summer intern at a place that did like financial planning and stuff. Awesome team, whatever. But a big part of my internship was like cold calling. And so the goal of this place was to like basically find all the wealthiest people in Denver and like lead them to a spot where they could um, like have this holistic approach to investing. (laughs) However, I had to go through and like a list of CEOs. I tried to get a hold of Jake Jabs, like the American furniture warehouse guy. (laughs) I spent I spent weeks trying to get Jake Jabs on the the guy with the tigers. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not from here. Do you know Jake Jabs? Yeah, well, I know the guy with the tigers. Yeah, yeah. He's the tiger guy with the furniture. People out of town are going to be like, "What are they talking about?" Just a big. He's a huge. Not even local though. It right? is. It is. It's only um, Colorado-based. It is. I think it is also in some other states, but I think I it is. Think it's so. headquartered. 
Okay. Well, anyway, it's like a giant furniture company, and you just see this guy like laying with a tiger everywhere. <laughs> and, yeah. and if I that doesn't get you to buy furniture, baby tigers. yeah. Growing I up, I have a picture with them. So okay. that that was bad because I'm like, why would I'm like, you know, 20 years old. Jake Jabs, you've obviously been very successful. Let me yeah. help you. Let me guide you in your finances. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one was I did another quote unquote internship. That's how they get you. They call it an internship and do whatever they want to you. Um, with a, a landscaping company. Not at Red Rocks. We don't. Not here. Yeah, yeah. Not here. You are blessed and highly favored. Um, but I thought it was like uh, going to work in like there is a big company that do commercial landscaping. Thought it was going to be this awesome experience. And day one, I show up, and they're like, "Do you have boots and like gloves?" So I'm like, "Oh." Um, Sure, and they like loaded me in a truck with the guy that didn't speak a word of English, drove me out to some neighborhood, dropped me off through a leaf blower on my back, and I spent the whole summer like 10 hours a day, like cleaning off sidewalks. Dang, because they didn't trust me to run the actual mower, and so I (laughs) that was miserable. Yeah, my worst shout out to all the people doing hard manual labor. Yeah, good job, guys. My, character. It totally does. I My first job, I was 15 years old, little tiny Whitney. I weighed 90 pounds soaking wet. Okay. And I worked for Limited 2, now Justice. And I did say I loved the job, but here's the deal. Why it was so horrible was if there was this thing called two bucks. And if you didn't get, so if you were $10 off from $50, you had to upcharge. You had to like try to sell them to get to fifty dollars. So if it was forty four dollars, their final total was. You had to try to get them the fifty dollars, or else you'll get written up. <laughs> so here I am, fifteen years old, Wait, ninety you had, you pounds. You had to try to get everybody that bought something yes. to buy at least fifty dollars worth of merchandise. If they were ten dollars off from that fifty dollars, so if they came in and bought like a scrunchie for ten dollars, I didn't have to upcharge them forty dollars. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Good luck. But here's me, just like braces, like, do you want some more scrunchies, like, to get your two bucks? And they're like, no. And I'm like, really? I don't want to get written up. You know, horrible. So that was my, that was probably the worst part of my job. Yeah, that, dude, I'm not. That's why I have anxiety as an adult. (laughs) I'm not, I feel like I'm not great in, like, retail. I know. That stuff would stress me out. Yeah. My worst job I ever worked, um, I actually fractured some vertebrae in my spine my sophomore going into junior year of high school. And I couldn't play football or, or basketball or anything that year. And so my parents were like, we're not just going to sit around. I was like <laughs> right. hopped up on painkillers. <laughs> yeah. So like, you, you got to go find a job. And so I worked at Chick-fil-A for a day and a half. Um, and then literally. Did you it, get benefits? <laughs> I well, no, because I, I think I was born with like a five o'clock shadow. I've had a beard like ever <laughs> yeah. since I can remember. And I think. Okay, they, manager, get over here. Well, they might have changed, but <laughs> I wasn't allowed to have any type of facial hair. And I had to cut my oh. hair to like a certain length. Like it had to be short. And I walked in my second day and the guy was like, you need to go shave. And I was like, I literally shaved this morning. And he was like, well, you need to go shave again. And like was like literally told me to go leave, buy a razor, shave and come back. Oh, and I man. was just like, I'll this be honest, I don't see this working out. So <laughs> yeah. that was my my worst job experience. That's awesome. All right. We are seven and a half minutes in. And you guys are probably like, get on with it. Real quick, Whitney has a mini Bible quiz for you. 
And so oh. this was based off of, we were talking about work, we are talking about jobs. A lot of us, when we read about these people in the Bible, we sort of think all they did were like be a prophet or be whatever. But a lot of the major figures in the Bible actually worked normal jobs. Yep. And so, Whitney, you're going to give us like four or five people. And we want you to write in, if you're listening to this, on our Instagram and take a wild guess at what you feel like these people did. And next week, if we remember, we will reveal to you what these people did for a living. So, oh, Whitney, so I'm not going to say the answer. You know what? No, give them the answer. Okay, let's, okay. Let's give them the answer. You're trying to draw out this quiz, man. We'll like... give them. We'll give them like three seconds to think in their head and guess, and then you'll give them the answer. Okay, I'm going to do the women's jobs. Okay. Because that sounds interesting. Okay, Dorcas is mentioned in Acts, and she is one of the apostles. And Peter visits her multiple times. Okay. So is Dorcas a, a dressmaker, B, willow plater, <laughs> C, Clearly balancer, B. D, bell founder? Hold on, hold on. Say a bouncer? Balancer? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but. Gymnast? Bouncer. She's a gymnast. And uh, the answer is. Hey, I was about to say because that's the only one that is an actual job. Nobody balances. <laughs> yeah. is, this, for a is this a real quiz or did <laughs> yeah. you make this up? Huh? <laughs> okay, uh, Aquila, she is found in the New Testament as well. They met. She met Paul along their journey out of Italy, and Paul stayed with her and her husband. And was she an A well master, B wool comber, C tent maker? Or D, dressmaker. Say a wool comber? Yeah. Wool. Wool. Oh, like oh someone wool. who yeah. combs wool. Yeah. I was about to say. We run into a lot of those anymore. I've never heard days. any of these other jobs besides the <laughs> one obvious one that you're talking about. <laughs> she was. was she a bulge bar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was a C, tent maker. Okay, this is my favorite one because she's a boss. This is Deborah. And she is found in the Old Testament. Let me find her really quick. And, um, okay, here we go. She's found in the book of, well, I can't say that. Is it A, watch woman, B, judge, C, well sinker, D, boatswain? I don't know. I'm definitely going judge because none of those <laughs> other people things are, are real. Of their seat. Yeah, they gotta know. It is B. She was a judge, so she, she was a political leader at the in the day of Israel, where they did not have kings. So she was the only female judge mentioned in the Bible. So Deborah, we love you. All right, <laughs> I appreciate you picking the most obscure. Characters I was about to say, like, what? Can we like we like Paul. Okay, couldn't, fine, fine, couldn't fine. the other job options be a Jesus, cook? like? <laughs> A uh, carpenter. They, what is a boat sinker? Like someone who sinks boats for a little. IT sales, waitress. Like. Uh, yeah, I know. All right, give us one more and then we're going to jump in. <laughs> okay, one more. Um, let's, see, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's do one more that has like normal answers. Okay. Let's do Noah. All right. Was Noah an A winemaker, B Faber? <laughs> C, fisherman, or D, gemeter. Okay, so it's either oh A or C because a gemeter. <laughs> I'll literally, hey, if you on your life can promise me you don't Google something and you write in and can tell me what a gemeter is, you so, get a gold star. So you, 
And if you are a gimmeter, yeah, you can be on the next podcast. Yes. Okay, Noah was an A winemaker. Ooh, Someone non-alcoholic winemaker. That's right. That's awesome. All right, we're going to jump in. <laughs> we're at 11, 12 minutes in here. Um, we want to talk about working in jobs because, well, working is a part of life. On average, a person will spend about a third of their life, 90,000 hours of mm. your life at a job working. And many of you right now, and I'm sure some of us included, are in a season of life where maybe you're not working your dream job. Maybe you're working a job that was, wasn't you picture, wasn't what you pictured yourself doing as a little kid. You had, you know, like grandiose ideas of what you wanted to be, what you wanted to do. And right now you find yourself in a season where you're kind of working that nine to five just to sort of make ends meet. And so we wanted to take the next couple podcasts and talk about that. What is a theology of work? Basically meaning like what is, what is the spiritual foundation of work? Um, where did work come from? Is it a good thing for us to do or is it a result of sin in the fall? How can you get to a place where you love your job and you work out of your purpose and your calling? And then, uh, you know, basically, like, how do you create your passion? How do you turn a hobby or a passion mm. into a career? We're going to kind of over the next couple of weeks cover all of that stuff. Um, but today we're going to jump in and we're going to start by asking a question simply, why did God create work? Yeah. Um, and I think a better way to sort of maybe think of this was, is work a result of sin and failure or was work part of God's plan all along? Mm -hmm. Are human beings made to work mm -hmm. or is work almost kind of like a punishment for Adam and Eve and the apple and the tree and all that good stuff? Yeah, no, I love this question. And we'll talk so much, but in the beginning, in Genesis 2, I believe, um, it might even be Genesis 1. It, Jesus, or God, um, commands Adam and Eve. Like he says, I created man and woman, male and female, um, to go out and to commission and to subdue the earth. And that was like plan A. And then, you know, when we did sin, it was like, okay, part of the curse was now you toil in, in your work. And I think all of us... Um, we feel that we feel like both those tensions and realities like, OK, yes, like I feel like so commissioned. I love work. I want to go out and achieve. But then there's also like like a headwind that comes against you. And that's that is part of the curse. So it's not saying like, oh, work is a curse from God because it really is such a blessing. And I would love to talk more about that. Um, but when Jesus or when God does commission them, he uses this word kibosh. Um, which actually means to subdue. And this started as a commission to work, but then in, when you see that same Greek Hebrew word, sorry, Hebrew, not Greek, Hebrew word later in the Old, or, yeah, the Old Testament, it actually turns into more of like a military victory term. And so it's like, yes, like God does want us to go out into the world. We don't want to be afraid of the world, knowing that there will be like victory um, when we do like start working and we do try our hand at things and we do try to plow the earth and take ground for the kingdom of God and whatever uh, work you find yourself in, like it is so like from the beginning of time, it's God's plan Yeah. for your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Work existed before Eve did. Yeah. I mean, God put Adam in the garden and said work. Mm -hmm. Genesis 2.15, it says the Lord God took man and put him in the garden 
of Eden to work it and take care of it. So yeah, that's what that. that's kind of the reference point that we're referring to here. Right. And so, yeah, I think it's clear that it's well before the fall. Yeah. I mean, in the Bible, yeah. it's about half a page before. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, I mean, God, God created everything to his purpose and to his plan. And, like, the first thing that he commissions people to do is is to work. And I think it's wild that thousands of years later, we still, people work, you said, a third of their life. You sleep with a third of your life. You work for a third of your life. Right. Yeah. So, like, um, I don't know where I'm going with that. But it's, <laughs> but I mean, it's obviously a significant part of your life. And I think, yeah, I mean, yeah it, it, it's a shame that after the fall, work became like a labor and work had pain associated with it and work had difficulty. But mm-hmm. at its nature, it was designed for people. Yeah. Right. I think, so I've been listening to a lot of the Bible Project, their podcast. If you guys don't listen to the Bible Project, go listen to them. They're amazing. They did a huge uh, series a while back on creation. And they said that when God formed heaven and earth, one of the descriptions for it was that it was wild and untamed. That yeah. there were things here, but they were untamed, uncultivated. Mm-hmm. And so when God created this garden, it's a picture actually of the throne room of heaven. It's almost like this mirror image on earth. And it's almost like a, a visual of what God wanted all of earth to become. Yeah. And so when he put humanity in the garden to keep it and to cultivate it, the idea was that that human beings were made to take earth, like the raw materials, and create mm-hmm. sort of this beautiful expression of what God had intended in the Garden of Eden. And then, yeah, after the serpent, the talking snake, all that good stuff, um, humanity sinned, they fell, they, they thought that their definition of right and wrong was better than God's definition. And I think a lot of times people misunderstand this. Um, God, after the rebellion, he, he curses the, the snake, Satan. Mm-hmm. He curses, um, not he, he doesn't put a curse on humanity. He actually puts a curse on the ground that yeah. humanity works. Yeah. And I think that's what Conrad was, was referring to, was he says, cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. And I think that is why sometimes we think that work is a result of sin. Work was meant to be done from a place of like creativity and joy. And it turned into, because sins infected not just us, but the world, it turned into this almost like battle of Mm -hmm. cultivating God's vision against an earth that almost is in opposition of of God's original design and intent for it. So so good connor <clears throat> at least i think so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i'll take it to the bank <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah so why do you like so god created work why did god create work i would say to answer that simply i would say that god created work as almost like a participation of humanity mm-hmm. um joining in god's call to cultivate the earth and make it what God had intended it to be all along. The garden was sort of a picture of what God wanted earth to be, and humanity's job was to take that and expand it through all all of the earth. And so... And one thing to note on, like, God's heart is he loves work. And I don't know why. I was doing a study um, a few months ago, 
and it was for a youth message. And I was really fascinated with the concept of manna. And um, for my whole life, I've been, I don't know why I thought this or taught this, that manna was this thing like little Hawaiian sweet rolls that were like placed all over the desert and like, oh, I'm hungry. And God sent manna like a stone and I could eat these rocks. Like that's literally what I thought. Um, and I was researching, um, yeah, a couple of months ago and I stumbled across this commentary where God actually sent manna in the form of seeds. Like they were, it said it's like this, the size of a coriander seed. And what the people would have to do is every morning before it says like when the dew came out, it covered the, um, the ground like dew. So early in the morning, God says, okay, I, I provided this seed. Now go out and gather it. And then the Israelites had to gather um, two liters per person in their family, which is crazy. So this would have taken a long time, all day pretty much, to gather these seeds. Then they'd have to bake it or boil it <clears throat> to provide for their family. And then at night, God provided quail. And so it was like an all-day experience. And I was reading this commentary, and it was basically God was like, yes, he is a provider and provision, but for whatever reason, God wants to work. He wanted to instill like a really strong work ethic in the Israelite people because that is his heart all along is to like, he knows when they eventually get to the promised land, they can't sit idle. Like you need to work, you need to cultivate, you need to have a strong work ethic. And so when God did provide crazy, miraculous provision miracles, his heart in it was that they worked, which is so good. I was like, oh, like that's so awesome. Like this is a part of God's heart for us. Because I think there's a greater question here. Like, he knows that when our minds are idle, when we're really bored, it's not good. Yeah. And I know for me when, yes, like, I know all the memes right now are like, uh, the, me, after answering two emails, and it's like, girls, like, on the catwalk, like, shredding their stuff, you know? Like, it's like, we're doing <laughs> right, so, like, you know? Right. Like, work is kind of like this, like, nagging side thing. It's like, ugh, work. But yeah. but when whenever I found myself like even if I have a week off and I'm not really working, I'm just kind of sitting idle, my mind goes into some crazy places. <laughs> you get like restless, yeah. Yes, in yes. Your mind and your soul, like yeah. Yes. And so God's heart, He knows this about us. Like it's for our minds and our mental health, work is so good. So I just was mind blown when I read that in Exodus. I was like, whew. Yeah, that's good. Well, let me throw this question out there because I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening to this who, okay, maybe we've convinced them that work was a part of human intention all yeah. along. I mean, God himself even worked. The Bible says that when he created heaven and earth on the seventh day, he rested from mm -hmm. his work. Mm -hmm. um, so even God worked. So work is a good thing. It was a gift. Um, how do you see work as a gift and not a burden when maybe you're working mm. an entry-level job that you have very little interest in. Mm. Maybe you're, I don't know, you th you went to school to be a nurse and you're a nurse and you're like, I, f I actually hate this. I mm. want to switch careers or, you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you get to a place where even if you're not in your dream job, you're like, okay, God made me to work. How can I see work as a gift and not a burden? Mm. That's really good. Yeah, I think it's a stewardship thing. Um, if you believe that every good and perfect gift comes from above and God has provided something, a way for you to 
obviously the world's economy requires you to work like you you have to provide for yourself but i was in that season i wasn't a nurse um but i did come out of school had spent you know a lot of money a lot of time a lot of effort a lot of focused energy um basically to become a as a finance major and got out of it and did end up in my nightmare you know on paper it sounds amazing and so yeah i think there's probably a lot of people you know young adult age that are wondering if where they missed it where they stepped off course where they may have um, gone wrong it's like wait i spent all this effort and energy and then it's almost like oh shoot i'm i'm off the map now um because you know your whole life is kind of planned out for you it feels like and then you step off the map and you're like oh i'm in the real world and now now what do i do and so i think for me it became a yeah it was a stewardship of my heart um sort of thing and and this might not be the the fullness of your question no that's fine um but it it became one of those overwhelming burdens every single day and i was like wait this was the thing that i was once praying for yeah hoping for and i worked toward i worked to get a job to work and and now here i am where someone working an entry-level job it it is something that god has provided for you and so if you believe god's the giver of good gifts i mean there's there is gifting to be found and he just so happens to use the place of work i think i think people get so much like career mixed up with calling and and i don't know if you want to go all the way there yeah Um, but i think where you are is what god has given you to steward like so Mm -hmm. if you've been put in a place there is opportunity to expand your influence with people to engage with people how many people do you work with that you don't know yeah. from anywhere else like that is where god has called you and placed you and so i do think it is a healthy perspective shift mm-hmm. to be able to to realize like maybe i hate my job but i am like called to this place i am working this place yeah. this is a gift to be able to engage with people and to love people and to provide for myself one thing i will say too <clears throat> is when when young adults find themselves in like entry level positions and they get like kind of rushed, they're just like, Ugh. there's like a difference between. I just feel like I need to say this. Every single person that lives and breathes under the sun, there are parts of their job that they do not like. Yeah, there right. just will yeah. be. But there is a huge, vast difference when you are hardwired to do something. Like with, for example, Conrad. Like, and we found this out through a life coach. Like, if you are in a a place like I know we talk a big game about counseling but also like it could be effective to find a life coach and know how you're hardwired and know what makes you motivated and know what is your driving and what you're good at what you're not good at and um, that's kind of how Conrad found out like actually like how I'm hardwired how God like specifically made me it's like trying to fit a square into a round peg a little bit like I is that is that the way how you say it Square peg into square, round hole. Square, square peg into round hole. And I think that that's kind of like to navigate that season is really hard. But I think young adults were like, oh, like I just my 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 boss is is a jerk. So I'm just going to quit. And it's like. Mm, and I, I'll speak to that because I do think so. I OK, so basically I got a job after school, after working, whatever 
really hard to find to interview all this stuff and got what on paper I would love to tell all my college friends like yeah I'm doing this and that and so um, it was like a financial analyst job and I, I do think like I, I I jumped ship and God worked it all out as he always does but it's one of those things where I actually th- I actually think that I pulled the shoot a little early and I think young adults, I think we're so tempted to do that. We live in an instant mm-hmm. culture. And it's like, wait, yeah. no, God is using the middle. Like he's using that obscurity. Mm-hmm. And so just know that there is, man, transition is difficult. And so mm-hmm. like if maybe God is really moving you on to something, but you better be it, you better be sure of that because you'll you'll hit obscurity yeah. real quick and and have to figure out what your new normal is because God has lessons to like, he's not wasting, basically he's not wasting the job and the place. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's so good. I think that, I think that, and I guess I wasn't planning to go here, but it seems like it's leading here. We, I think we become so obsessed with calling. Mm -hmm. I almost intentionally try not to use that word at young adults because for such a long time, like our Thursday night service for such a long time, there's there can be this anxiety of this like mythical calling. Yes. That like you wake up one day, you know without a shadow of a doubt what God has put you on this earth for and your sole mission is to only do right. that thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And that sounds great and like very romantic until you wake up and you have to go back and work at a 24-hour fitness or a McDonald's or whatever and you're like, "But wait, my mm-hmm. my calling is to be a pastor or a CEO or an entrepreneur or whatever." And that can like almost turn you into this like soul spinning like, well, yeah. am I out of God's will? Am I like, yeah. can you work a job that you might not feel like is your ultimate purpose in life, and still honor God and be in God's will? Yeah. While you do that, because because I think that's such a huge point of tension and anxiety for so many people, especially just coming out of college, um, or maybe you've you've worked a job for a little bit and you're, you're kind of like thinking about transitioning church has talked so much about this idea of like calling that I think we've almost done a disservice to what, what a calling is. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you work a job yep. that might not feel like your ultimate life purpose and still be right in the center of yep. God's will for your life? Okay. This is a fun fact. I know we joked about it at the beginning of this podcast, but I looked this up. There were, 5,433 occupations found in the Bible. And I'm just going to go through a quick um, all summary. Of them. Give us all of them. <laughs> I'm going to go through 5,000. Buckle up. No, but Joseph and Jesus, they actually were stonemasons. You can reference that in one of your messages. That was good. Yeah. They weren't carpenters. They were stonemasons. Paul was a tent maker. Esau was a hunter. Deborah was a judge. Luke was a doctor. David... King David was a musician and a shepherd. Andrew and Peter were fishermen. Uriah was in the military. Cornelius was a centurion. He also was in the military. Boaz was a barley farmer. This is actually really interesting. Nehemiah, one of the great prophets of God, had an immense calling, was a cupbearer. And we were joking about this before we started recording. You know what a cupbearer was? That they would drink the juice of the king and hopefully that it wasn't poisoned. Hopefully. Yeah, like they were in charge of They're like the experiment. Yes, and if it if they didn't die, the king was like, okay, sick, I'll drink this. Yes, they were like yeah. the ultimate. What do you? What are those things called? Where with the president, where they have the earphones in? Secret like service security guard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's the ultimate secret service guy. Um, Matthew was a tax collector. Lydia uh, was a merchant. 
a very powerful one. She wore purple. That's very significant. Um, Moses was a shepherd. Noah was a winemaker. Solomon was a king and in politics. Um, and Job was a businessman. So to say like all these people, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah, Every like single 5, significant Bi- Bible character had a job. Yeah, like Jesus had a job at yes. one point. Yes. And I think that, yeah, that that should, if you're listening to this, should be so reassuring to you. Because mm-hmm. when I think of Moses, I don't think of a shepherd. Mm-hmm. But for a majority of Moses' life, he shepherded his father-in-law's sheep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We think of Moses as parting the Red Sea and leading the, like this anti-slavery right. rebellion against right. Pharaoh. Right. And that was great. And that was an incredible moment in his life. But for a big majority of his life, he was a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And so, because why? Because he was called, like, he was called to that in a season. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think calling is like seasonal work almost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who has God put in front of you? What is he giving you to do? Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, maybe you have a dream. Maybe God has a, a mission for you one day, but you don't ever get to that if you don't step into it right now. Like, who are yeah. the people he's put around you? Are you faithful there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think so many of us almost want to be pigeonholed because it would make our lives a little easier to know like that one thing. Mm -hmm. But the older I get, the more I want to do more. Like I think pastoring might be if calling is a real thing might be maybe the biggest call on my life. But I love clothes and shoes. I love to cook. I've weirdly. I mean, to say that I've worked with, like, done woodworking in the past couple of weeks would be a vast overstatement. But there's elements of, like, creativity that I, like, love, that mm-hmm. I would love to experiment with mm-hmm. and try. Even, like, graphic design. I've, like, been teaching myself a little graphic design. Um, and some people can get weird when, like, pastors or, like, uh, doctors or what, I don't know, like, dabble in other things. Mm-hmm. But we want so desperately to know, like, what is the one thing I should give my life to? Yeah. And, and it sounds so simple, but that's Jesus. Right. And that's why we always say, like, we want something so practical so we don't have to think anymore or try anymore or, or you know, like put effort. We just want to know what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah. can kind of see where your giftings and your personality and your talents align yeah. and work. and. 99.999% of the people listening to this will probably find themselves working a job that they don't love mm-hmm. at some point. It isn't the most fulfilling thing in the world, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Cause if you're following Jesus, that fulfills you. And yeah. so you right. move on to maybe something you find more value or interest or dignity or whatever in, in doing. Yeah. So I love what Zechariah 410 says. It says, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see what? the work begin and the work that he's referring to was like people that like builders <laughs> contractors <laughs> start working um for the temple and so i think yeah I, god loves when you just start just put your hand to the plow and just start whether that's in being a pa being a doctor being a nurse being a plumber like god really does love when when you find Connor, what you're referring to, like purpose and work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what he probably doesn't like is when his people sit idle. Like, no, I, yeah. when, when you think you're above certain things, God mm-hmm. calls us to a posture of humility, mm-hmm. and then he positions us for his purposes. So I think that that is one thing generationally that I think is 
everyone wants to be a influencer, like a oh, YouTuber. Wait, I, yeah. yeah, I don't have to work. Yeah. I work for myself, and I can get famous, and people can pay me to be famous. And and that is one of those things that I'm like, oh, God actually calls you to humility, and He actually. In First Peter four, it says each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another. So your greatest work, whatever your job is, is to be used to serve because it has been a gift to, mm-hmm. to so steward and to share. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I think that's so important. Every you are a gift more than like what your ability is, and so if you're driving into, they just put an In and Out down the street. Pray. Yeah. <laughs> if you're driving into In and Out to flip some burgers, do some fries right now. Like you have a purpose of being there that goes far beyond making burgers for people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's kind of like our heart right now is to tell people like the majority of you listening are probably not in your dream job. You're probably not the CEO of a company you started, you know, working everywhere. You've minimalized all your things that you do at your work to only the things you love and enjoy. That is probably nobody, Mm -hmm. honestly. Um, but there's purpose, there's calling. Work is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Work was intended for you well before sin. Work is not a punishment. Mm-hmm. It might be hard, but you were made to work. And so we're kind of 36 minutes in. We normally wrap up right around 40-ish. So maybe let's just throw out some practical things right now to the person driving into their job that they don't love, um, that they maybe feel like they're suffering through or maybe they've just got dreams and aspirations bigger, but they do think that, man, you're right, God's made me to work. Mm-hmm. How can how can you find fulfillment in the job you're working right now? Is it possible to find fulfillment and purpose and meaning in the job you're working right now, even if it's not your dream career? Yeah. Um, there's a verse in Colossians that says, like, do everything unto the Lord. Um, for here, I'm just going to pull it up really quick. <clears throat> Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Um, and then there's, like, another verse that says, like, without grumbling or complaining. And I think that um, I remembered, actually, when I was first starting um, in my early 20s, I remembered uh, this sermon from Christine Kane, and she said, in the 40 years I've lived and worked, I have never once submitted a resume, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. And all she's done, and she said, I contribute that to, like, working unto the Lord and Mm. to develop good relationships and leaving well. And whether that's, you never know, too, like, God is such a God of mystery and purpose and calling, and who knows, like, you could be working a real uh, job at the mall <laughs> or flipping burgers, and a customer could come in, and just by smiling and being a good face and um, working with excellence, like, that person could be, who knows, in your dream job. Like, God could open a door whenever, however, whenever he wants. And I, I remember hearing that and being like, dang, like I want to live my life like that. Like I never want to strive for success. I never want to strive to like be someone or the next job or uh, 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 like I build my resume and that resume building is great. Like that there is purpose in that too. But I just remembered hearing that and being like, oh my gosh, like any job that I do have, I do want to work because God, there is some like relationship between working under the Lord and his favor 
it, it, it's like symbiotic. And so I would just say like encouragement to just like keep, that was one thing Scott Brigman told me actually when I first started ministry was like, hey, you are working for the Lord, no one else, not a human master. And that's just so important. And that's been my story through my work experience. And I'm almost 30 now. And I can say like, yeah, I haven't submitted resumes. Like people have just, there's been opportunity like, hey, move here, shift here, do this, be on this project. And I never, now I feel like I don't have to like cling on to those things. Like, no, like God has like placed me in those things. So I don't know. That's my encouragement to um, someone that's like, I kind of, I'm like, eh, about my job right now. Yeah. That's awesome. Working <laughs> to the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, and I don't want to be naive to the fact that there are a lot of people there that are, like, trying to make ends meet, you know? Oh, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. they're showing up and doing the deal because they have no other choice, and it's survival. And so um, we have the benefit of, man, we get to work at a great place. And 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 so I know it's easy to say that from <laughs> Connor's special studio up here. Uh, but truthfully, yeah, I think it's about a perspective shift, you know, Um I think in everything in life, even when you're going through through trial, it's it's how do you frame it with a posture of thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and and that should flip it. Yeah, you don't have to love what you're doing, but you can love who you're with. You can love the people that God has put there. You can love opportunity and and just know that faithfulness and diligence is is a great the greatest opener of doors and yeah. opportunity that you'll ever have. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, it's, it's about following Jesus. And so when, when you show Jesus that you can be a faithful with a little, mm-hmm. he does, he does expand you. He does find ways to like bring more into your life. And, and what a shame it would be to, to not receive what he's doing in this season because you are looking begrudgingly beyond mm-hmm. what's right in front of you. Yeah. Um, that's he, so he uses good. every, good. every season as a training ground mm-hmm. because if like your Moses example, he was a shepherd and then, well, how could he, if he couldn't handle some sheep, how's he supposed to lead millions of people across the desert? Like he mm-hmm. couldn't keep track of them all. And so, so I think don't, don't minimize what you're doing right now mm-hmm. and uh, reframe your perspective. Yeah. Toward, toward gratitude. Yeah. I think as we wrap up, I, I've just been thinking like, um, if you're driving to a job that you don't like, or it just doesn't feel fulfilling, how can you find fulfillment right right now how can you find fulfillment in your job Mm. right now without shifting careers or whatever here are some thoughts i want to encourage you pause this write these down um this has nothing to do with what you're actually doing but everything you can do at your job Mm -hmm. so as you're driving in i want you to think of this who can i encourage Mm -hmm. um who's somebody who's an employee that i know is down is going through a hard time who can i encourage who can i pour into or even mentor Who's somebody mm-hmm. that has potential? Who can I call higher? Who's got that's potential so that's untapped? Who's somebody that has a lot inside of them that it, that they don't see inside of themselves? Mm-hmm. How can I pour into that person? How can I mentor that person? How can I call that person higher? Who can I invite? Who can I invite to church? Who can I invite to young adults? Who can I invite to my Bible study? Or honestly, who's that lonely person that doesn't have a friend, that seems like an outcast? Who can I invite just out for dinner or, you know, to coffee or something. Who can I pray for? Who is somebody that I know that's going through a struggle that I can pray for and be in their corner? 
And then honestly, from shifting to an individual to your actual business or whatever, how can I make this place better? Um, might not even be anything that you can do in your role specifically, but how can I make this place better? How can I shift the culture? Mm -hmm. How can I control the atmosphere of this place? I I find that one of the most uh, frustrating things sometimes about working jobs we don't like is we kind of go in with this pre-mindset of, I don't like this, I don't want to be here, and that almost like sets the tone of our day. But how can you go in and change the atmosphere to be a place of positivity, of encouragement, that even if you just can't stand what you're doing, you can still control the atmosphere of the place. Um, How can I be seen as a blessing here? How can I bless people? How can I be seen as somebody that other people want to work with? How can I bring Mm -hmm. energy to this place? I think these are just questions you can ask yourself that has absolutely nothing to do with what your actual job is that can actually start to shift and change some things. The people you work with, even the culture that you of your work, these can be things that you can actually do that will, one, better your business, better the people you work with, but two, might actually make it more of an environment that you enjoy working because now you're kind of in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. If you work with a pessimist, you can be like, you know what, I'm going to be optimistic and I'm not going to give into that and I'm going to find a way to make this person happy. Yeah. You know, I'm going to yeah. find a way to get this person to shift their perspective. Yeah. I'm going to call this person to hire. Maybe you work with a teenager and you're like, this kid's got potential. I'm going to be that person to call that potential so out. Yeah. I just think that there's ways where we can shift our mindset um, to invite, to pray, to call higher, encourage, to control the atmosphere that can go a long way. Because if you can learn those and carry those yeah. into whatever job right. you have, yeah. Once you are the CEO, once you are the entrepreneur, you know how to control a culture. You know mm-hmm. how to call people to hire. And, you, I mean, what business won't benefit from mm-hmm. that, yours or somebody else's? And yeah. So, um, that's about all the time we have for today when we're kicking off our series on jobs and work. Um, just a quick recap. We think that God created work, that he worked himself, that work is a good thing. Um, is not a result of sin or the fall, although it was made more difficult because of sin. Mm-hmm. We think that work is participating in what God um, is calling us to cultivate and that you can actually find fulfillment. Your work can be a gift, even if it's not your dream job mm-hmm. that you're doing right now. And so before we wrap this thing up, um, any last thoughts, um, anything else you want to throw out yeah. there before we before we pull the plug on episode number one? Yeah, last thought is... Um to Connor's point, that was so good, by the way, asking those questions. Um, but I think a lot – there's a book, too, uh, about this concept. It's How to Lead When You're Not in Charge, and it's by Clay Scrugans, right? Oh, Scrugs. Clay Scrugans. Um, great, great book, and that's also, like, when you feel the tension of, like, well, my boss is doing this, and I want a better work environment, this is a great book to read. Yeah. That's awesome. Conrad, any final thoughts before we wrap this guy up? It's great. Um, I think it comes down to humility. And if you can be a humble servant wherever you're at, yeah, I think that that is what God exalts. And that is one thing you have control over. And all of the things that you just read off are about, about serving. And, yeah. and so work unto the Lord. And so um, I think he'll take care of you. I think honor is the greatest thing that God elevates the quickest. And so you got to remember that he's your promoter. If you're at the bottom right now, mm, just right. stay, stay right there, stay low, 
continue to find ways to serve, love, encourage, and build because that are those are the things that you'll actually need at the next level as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Conrad, will you pray for us as we wrap this guy up? I'd love to. Go for it. Lord, I thank you for everyone listening to this podcast. I thank you for what you're doing in, in this community. God, I pray over the, the working hands of your people. Um, would you just do something significant and special? Would you help the unseen feel seen by you even when they don't and the 30% of their time that they spend working? God, I thank you that you are the provider of, of opportunity and provision, and you do that by way of work in so many cases. And so, God, I pray you continue to man, fan the flame of dreams that you've given to people, but also that we could keep calling in, in its proper place as it pertains to career and that we would remember that you are ultimately in charge. God, we thank you for your love and for your grace that you extend. God, I thank you that you use every single thing, every single good gift that comes from you. You use it, that you don't waste our time um, in dead in jobs because you're actually bringing something greater to the surface. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, we just choose to continue to work and to serve with humility. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to our podcast. We're, like I said, we're kicking off a series on work. So over the next few weeks, we'll continue this conversation. Um, just so you know, we will not be on next week. We're, we're sort of doing that summer rhythm. But I think we're, our goal is to pick back up every week in September. Um, we're still considering August summer. I don't know if that's technically <laughs> correct, but it is in my mind. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. Um, we'll go back to every week in September. Um, but for now, we're going to do this every other week thing. For all things young adults, listen, if you're in the Denver area and you're a young adult, young professional, Thursday night, 7 o'clock, 5810 West Alameda Avenue, get there. It's where we do our service in person mm -hmm. and come to a service on the weekend. We have places, if you're in Denver, Littleton, Lakewood, Park Meadows, um, Arvada. We got the little, we didn't even mention this, the Littleton Campus Pastor is Littleton here. Littleton Campus. He's here in our presence. Represent. Lucky to have you. Yeah, get to church. Um, you will love it. You will love it. So for all things young adults, go to redrocksya.com or follow us on social. Conrad, where can people keep up with you if they want to? They want to follow you. If you your, want pictures of my wife and dogs and ducks and ducks, Chickens. you can follow me at Conrad Bess. B E S S. For an occasional verse and the daily duck post. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, share with a friend. We will see you again, not next week, but the following. All right. See you. We love you. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye.